Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. Well, the news is covered with information about the Republican presidential primaries. Healthcare is not taking a back seat this election season. There's a lot of discussion about the direction of our health care system, in particular, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, or what is perhaps more commonly known as Obamacare. Our guest today is Peter Ferrara. He's Senior Fellow for Entitlement and Budget Policy at the Heartland Institute, and he's author of the book, The Obamacare Disaster. Peter, thank you so much for being on the program today. The first thing, uh, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is what is the alternative to Obamacare? But perhaps to, if you could start us off maybe by telling us why there was Obamacare in the first place. What, what do you see as the problems in our health care system that, that made people want to make major changes? Well, there are essentially two issues here. One is uh, rapidly rising health costs. And second is a concern that uh, so many, um, that millions of people are uninsured. Uh, the health cost problem arises from the fundamental structure of the health care, uh, health insurance system. We have, uh, we have this fundamental problem called third-party payment. Whenever people are trying to buy uh, health care, they usually have someone else paying the bills, either an insurance company or the government through Medicaid or Medicare. That means that the patient who's making the choice of what to buy does not have any market um, uh, concern over co- cost. And since the patient is making the choice is not concerned about cost, then the doctors and hospitals providing him health care, him or her health care, are not concerned about cost either. And therefore, the people developing the technologies that the doctors and hospitals use are not primarily concerned about uh, cost either. They're concerned about maximizing quality, not cost. So, uh, the market does not function like a, for a typical good or service to control both cost and quality. Uh, and so, uh, uh, so there's only really two ways. You've got the problem where the person making the decision of what to buy uh, is different from the person paying for it. And so there, there's real, you've got to, in order to solve the problem, you've got to unify the responsibility of payment into the same person making the decision of what to buy. There's only two ways to solve that problem. One is you combine the power to decide what to buy into, with the party paying the bills. So you give the power to an HMO to decide what health care you get, or you give the power to the government to decide what health care you get, and that's what always happens with socialized medicine. 
uh, there's the big breakthrough in healthcare is that years ago, John Goodman at the National Center for Policy Analysis published this book, Patient Power. We argued for the alternative combine the power to, uh, to make the choice as to what health care you're going to buy with power and control over the resources to finance it in the patient. In the same, find them in the same person you're going to combine them into is the patient. What, and what, so that, that involves things like health savings accounts uh, and, uh, uh, and other features that expand what's called patient power and control. And that is the real alternative to Obamacare. That is the solution to the problem. And the real alternative is patient power. Obamacare follows the first uh, alternative. It combines the power to decide what health care you get uh, in the government because the government is ultimately paying for everything. And uh, that is the traditional socialized medicine approach. And that's why people were so concerned about losing control over health care, which uh, Obama, aided by the media, you know, sought to hide the fact that you're losing control over your own health care. And this is why... The law is so unpopular because the public understands what's really involved. And so the uh, explanation of the fundamental cause of the problem shows you what the alternatives are, which is patient power, uh, give maximum power and control, the patient over both the resources to pay for health care and, uh, and the decisions uh, and the decision of what health care they get in the patient. This is such a unique concept. It means it's kind of like... <clears throat> If a person's going to go to the grocery store, they're going to decide what they're going to get, and they're going to pay for it. Right. I mean, that's, yes. That's, that's, that's like the whole rest market. of the economy. They just want so, – so right now the, the situation is that it, it's as though the government's saying, you know, people deserve to eat. Everybody has a right to eat, so we should pay for it for them. So – just go to the grocery store, get whatever you want, and we'll pay for it for you. That, right. that would not be why, a very effective and, and way of controlling costs. They lose control over, over that, and, uh, and they lose control over costs when they do that. And, and, so that is why you've got to unify the power to decide what you're going to buy with the control of the resources to finance it in the same person in institutions or institutions so that they can weigh the cost against the benefits, which you, you've got to do in order to make rational economic decisions. So the question is, do you give all that power, you take... Do you give all that power and authority to the government, or do you give all that power and authority to the patient? Yeah. And the Obama administration chooses the government, and the alternative patient power chooses the patient. Now, as I understand it, Obamacare, in its current form, doesn't really socialize medicine, doesn't really put the decision-making in the hands of the government. It just ensures everybody, but that the, and it does not control costs. But that the next step would be that when, when, when the costs continue to go up, that now that everybody's insured and the government is controlling things, then the government will be able to decide what they're going to pay for various things. Is, is that right? Or do you feel like we've already gone to the socialized medicine? I feel like we've already gone far enough here with this law to empower the government to decide what health care you get and what health care you, you don't. Because, uh, well, first of all, the law is is admittedly written in very vague terms. Uh, but that, that, is, that is deliberate, because then the government will then interpret those terms to give itself the power that it needs to uh, have control over your health care. It creates 159 new bureaucracies and agencies, commissions, boards to control health care. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to assert power and control over your health care. Unless this law is repealed, I do, would not, will not trust the American health care system anymore. What I intend to do for myself, 
we don't repeal this, is buy health insurance for health care overseas. If I get very sick in the future as I get older, I will go have my health care provided by uh, uh, these enclaves of first-rate medicine that are being created around the world precisely to get away from socialized medicine. You find them in Central America and you find them in India, uh, and there's some in the Caribbean. And what you, what you will need to do if you want to uh, uh, maximize your functional life is buy health insurance that will finance care overseas in those institutions. So instead of people coming to America to get the best health care they have in the past, you'll have to leave America to get the best health care uh, and go to these places, and you'll have to buy insurance to cover you there. Peter, I, the taxes I, you have to pay for Obamacare. I'm not sure I understand why you would want to buy insurance and put the decision-making in the hands of somebody else to decide what you can have covered overseas. Wouldn't it be better just to save your money in a bank account, and then if you have a health problem, pay cash overseas and have true control over your care? Well, it potentially is going to cost you a lot of money. That's, you know, uh, uh, I, at this point in my life, I don't have uh, time to save a million dollars in the bank for future health care. Uh, when you buy insurance, it doesn't, does not give to the insurance company the power to decide what health care you get. Uh, uh, as long as you buy uh, traditional uh, indemnity insurance, you uh, get the, uh, you're the one who's supposed to decide what health care you get. And, uh, and so uh, while uh, it's not a mechanism for controlling costs, it is a me- mechanism for saving your life and uh, getting health care, and you'll have to uh, you know, escape the United States. Now, a health savings account is the kind of insurance to get, which uh, the way the health savings account solves the problem is it, uh, it involves insurance with a high deductible. Say the first 5000 or $7,000 or $10,000 a year in expenses are yours to pay under the deductible. And then the insurance covers everything above that. So if you do have something you can pay for out of savings like that, then you can go ahead and pay for it. But if you end up with a serious cancer, heart disease, things that are going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, uh, to treat and preserve your life, then you have the catastrophic insurance backing you up. Now, insurance with a high deductible of $5,000 to $10,000 a year costs a lot less than insurance covering everything up front for the first dollar. So you save a lot of money on that insurance, and you take the savings and put it in the savings account to pay for expenses below the deductible. After, with the numbers, the way the numbers work out is after one year of very few, if any, health costs, and by the second year you'll have enough money in that health savings account to pay for all expenses below the deductible. Now that's your money in the health savings account. So when you pay for uh, uh, health expenses out of that savings account, uh, you are considering costs. You are weighing costs against the benefits. Whatever you don't spend that on that account, you can save for the future and withdraw in retirement for anything. So that is your money, so you now do have incentives to control costs for all non-catastrophic care. You and everybody else. So everybody is working to control costs in that environment. Right, if everyone has a health savings account. Yes. And the markets were accelerating. Millions of people were buying health savings accounts until Obama came along with his brilliant idea of giving all the power and control to government. Now, is, is, is the health savings account the central basis of Newt Gingrich's health policy? Yes, yeah. What he's called for uh, in the health care is extending health savings accounts throughout the entire health care system. So all seniors under Medicare would have a choice of having their coverage through a health savings account. 
all poor people on Medicaid would have the choice of having their coverage provided through a health savings account. Workers would have the choice of, even with employer-provided insurance, of uh, taking their money and buying a health savings account instead. And uh, people would have the same tax break as employers do for buying health insurance on their own, for buying a health savings account on their own. So he is proposing to extend that throughout the uh, entire health care system, which would really control costs. It, it seems to me the government could control a cost most quickly if they would just switch the Medicaid program to an HSA-based system right away. I mean, the government already is covering health care for, what is it, 40, 50 percent of all Americans? Yeah, well, you, you could do, with the, you know, the, the best way to try to do that for Medicare and Medicaid is give the covered person a choice. There's a lot of reasons to choose health savings account. Uh, uh, because it gives you more control over your own health care, because you decide what that money in the savings account will pay for. Not the government, not some third-party institution, but you decide. So you have more control over your health care, uh, and, uh, uh, and it allows you to escape some of these bad programs. In Medicaid, uh, people can't really find a doctor or a hospital to, uh, 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 to give them care on a timely basis because it doesn't pay enough. For, uh, for their coverage. So the government promises you, all well, if you're poor, we'll pay for your health care, but then it doesn't pay the doctors and hospitals enough for that. So you don't get good health care. And Medicare is increasingly turning into that. And so with the health savings account, it allows you to escape all that. So uh, this is why people will make the choice on their own. Now, um, before I let you go, I understand that the Supreme Court may be looking at um, whether... Uh, the Obamacare legislation is constitutional. Can you tell me about that? Yes, this is before the court now. In fact, I'm working on a brief today to file in that court. They broke it up, in fact, into four pieces, and uh, this is the third brief I'm filing in that Supreme Court Obamacare case, arguing that it is unconstitutional uh, because this is the first time that the government has ever attempted to compel you to buy any product or service of the federal government. The federal government has never before been held to have a power to compel individuals to buy a particular product and service. The states do have the power under a constitutional framework to require you to do all sorts of things. And uh, they require you to buy car insurance, for example, and other things. Uh, you know, that's a state-level thing. And under the Constitution, that power is reserved to the state. So we're arguing this is usurping the whole framework of federalism in, in the Constitution, that the the, the government's trying to argue that this is a, based on their power to regulate interstate commerce, but this is actually forcing people into interstate commerce through the individual mandate, not regulating interstate commerce. And so we argue that the Commerce Clause does not extend that far. It doesn't allow you to compel people to participate in interstate commerce so that you can regulate them. So, so um, yeah, I, I was just, it just seems like from what you're saying that the people who were promoting this legislation could have gotten around this problem if instead of it being a federal mandate, if they had just forced the states to impose basically Romney care at each state level. Well, the federal government doesn't have the power to force the states to do anything. Well, they don't, but they do. I mean, they force roads and I mean, the federal government could have said, you know, we're not giving you any Medicaid or any Medicare dollars unless you unless you institute this system in which so the states would be totally free to either do it or lose all the money. 
Well, we're challenging that as well in this in this suit. That's one of the things I've already filed a brief on, is the argument that they're compelling the states to expand their Medicaid programs enormously into Obamacare, and we're arguing that that's unconstitutional because the federal government does not have the power to force the state to do anything. And so, what, as a practical matter, uh, by the, the the Medicaid funds have become so large and so central that the states don't really have a choice anymore over what the government forces them to do in return for the money. So we're arguing that that has become unconstitutional, and you cannot structure a program that says to the states, we're going to take away all your Medicaid money unless you massively expand it. What will ultimately be 100 million Americans on Medicaid. And so we're challenging that as well in this lawsuit. Very good. Any final words of wisdom for our listeners? Well, uh, the final words of wisdom is that you know, if you want to have health care in America, you've got to get Obama out of office because uh, he's never going to accept the repeal of Obamacare. And this was the, really the end of real health care in America. All these socialized medicine systems uh, are Potemkin Village health care systems. They're the facade of real health care. If you're perfectly healthy, then the system seems fine. But as the socialist from Canada told us at the Cato Institute, Canadian healthcare system is the best healthcare system in the world unless you're sick. And that's what they all are, and that's what they're making America's healthcare system into. Like I said before, if this law is not repealed, I will no longer trust the American healthcare system because they will be answering to the federal government and not to me as a patient. And I would have to seek essential healthcare overseas. So if you don't want it, that's an essential component of America's high standard of living is the best healthcare system in the world. And he is tra- Obama's trashing that to Obamacare. The only way to stop that is to get him out of office. Peter, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me on the show. On the one hand, I want to agree completely with what Peter has been saying. There are two problems with our healthcare system. One is the huge cost, and the other is the fact that there are people who are uninsured. And it certainly seems that what has been done so far to address the problem only addresses the number of uninsured. And it does that very well, I think, in terms of encouraging wider coverage of people. There's a number of things to like about um, the plan. Unfortunately, the plan as it is doesn't do anything to address costs. And by putting more of the emphasis on control of costs on the hand, uh, in the hands of government, uh, Peter's right. This does mean, for better or worse, less control uh, for, of individuals for their, their own health care. Now, where I would disagree is where Peter seems to say this is an unmitigated disaster and the end of uh, medicine as we know it. You know, we have a lot of great physicians in the United States today. We have you know, health care system, hospitals, equipment, uh, drugs, scientific knowledge. It's really extraordinary. You know, when I think of it, my patients on Medicaid, you know, on the lowest level government insurance, or even, even those without health insurance, many of them probably get better care than the wealthiest people in our nation's history did, say, 50 or more years ago. Uh, What we have today is truly astonishing. Now, personally, I don't want to see a move towards a more socialist system. I think putting the hands of, uh, putting responsibility for care in the hands of 
of individuals is a good thing. And I think people should take responsibility. Um, but if people aren't willing to do it, somebody else is going to step up the plate. And either the regulators, the insurance companies, the government is going to do it for us because the unrestrained growth in healthcare costs just doesn't seem to be a realistic option for the long run. So I don't think we need to, to call it a disaster. I, I don't think we need to, um, you know, make turn somebody into the devil, you know, for believing in a different approach. Uh, but let's let's face it. There are a couple options. One is continued unrestrained growth in cost because the people making the decisions for the cost of care are not the people who um, are obtaining that care. Um, the second choice is giving control over health decisions to the people who are paying, the government and the insurers, and we may not want to do that. Um, but the only other option is is to come up with a system, as Peter proposes, in which people themselves uh, have the means and the responsibility for making their own health care decisions. Um, you take, you, what do they say? You pick your poison. Well, I'm sure we'll have more to discuss uh, concerning this issue in the future. Over the next couple of weeks, um, we'll be visited again by Dr. Cynthia Kelker. She's been on the show before talking about how individuals can reduce their health care expenses now already, take some personal responsibility. She also has a new book out on Armageddon Medicine. And we'll be talking to her about that. We'll also be speaking about rating doctors, how people can rate their doctors online. As you may know, I'm the founder of a doctor rating website, drscore.com. Doctorscore put out its annual report on the state of um, patients' ratings of doctors in the United States. And, and I'll, um, in just in a change of pace, I'll discuss that report on this show. I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E dot com, drscore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.